You have tuned into Breaking the Mask of Depression with your host, Diva with Depression. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Breaking the Mask of Depression with me, your host, the Diva with Depression. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope that you found some peace this week. I hope that you're free from COVID (laughs) because I hear the numbers are going up again. So make sure you protect yourself. And uh, I won't say wear a mask because I hate wearing mine, but just be careful. Today, I'm going to talk about a topic that really um, is close to home. And you guys know that I have not talked much about my parents and my life with my parents. And that's because it, it's, it's, it's a touchy subject. And, but this subject came across my desk and I said, well, this is a way to discuss them <laughs> and tie it into today's topic. Today, I'm going to talk about parentification and adultification. Now, I had to look them up, so I know you had to look them up, (laughs) because I never heard those terms before. You know, I've heard, uh, you know, she's an old soul, she goes too fast, but I never knew that there were terms for that particular experience, and that, you know, it, it was a thing, I should say, a big thing. So, of course, you know, you know what I'm going to do, right? We're going to have some Google facts. (laughs) Parentification is when a child is expected to provide emotional or practical support for a parent instead of receiving that support themselves. So that means that she's an old soul. (laughs) She grew up too fast. Uh, Essentially, that's that's what it means is that you know, you have taken on the role of the adult at a young age. And there are many of us. I'm not going to, you know, knock my parents because my generation, I, I, I don't know whether I'm X, Gen X, Y, or Z, but you did. You We were latchkey kids. Um, our parents didn't walk, walk or drive us to school. <laughs> you know, we w- drove and, I mean, not drove, but walked to school, took the bus, took the train, and... um you know, we were responsible for ourselves and sometimes our siblings until our parents got home from work. So, you know, yes, that is having a lot of pressure on you at a young age, but we didn't know any, we didn't know anything else. You know, that's, that's what it was. Um, But even though that was the way of our generation that doesn't mean that it was good you know it does not mean that it didn't last it didn't leave lasting scars on us um I'll I'll have to do another episode on this but there are just so many people adults in my generation that are living with trauma of all sorts and that was a result of they had to be grown they had to be tough at a young age um some didn't receive any attention or or love from their parents and so there there are lasting scars 
parentification can be a result of abuse or, nor, or neglect. Um, like I said, sometimes you have to be the parent to your siblings. I personally was. You know, I, my brother is 18 months younger than I am. And so that was my child. Uh, and, and if you ask my mother, she will say that my brothers are my sons um, because that I was the mom, you know, the second mom, I, I'll say. Um, sometimes it's because parents are abusive. Sometimes it's because they're absent for whatever reason. It could be work. It could be addiction, relationships. It could be a result of poverty and a lack of resources. So you have to, you know, take on that role. Um, an example would be daycare or aftercare was too much. You know, if there were not free aftercares, then you had to go home and you had to take care of yourself. And and that was there. That was the, the case with a lot of people. Um, you're parenting your parent because they have a, an illness, maybe a mental illness or a physical disability, uh, medical condition. It's just a number of reasons why you would be left to be the parent in that situation. And one of the stories that I always tell is how I started cooking at seven years old. And um, I would be at the stove. My older brother had to turn on the gas. I mean, yeah, the, the fire because I wasn't allowed to. Uh, touched the fire but I was I had to cook and so when I tell people that <laughs> you know they look at me kind of funny sometimes but that's what it was I mean seven years old you're in the second grade maybe um, and and your your parents don't get home until seven sometimes sometimes eight and so you have to you have to take on the task and you know that's just one of the many ways that parentification showed up in my life. And it does affect your adult life, um, unfortunately. We'll get to that later. Um, some of the other things that I had to do, I had to cook dinner at a young age. Um, I had to make sure that the house was clean. I had to make sure that homework was done. And not just my homework, but my brother's homework also. I was responsible for, you know, the things, you know, making sure that he was okay. The funny thing is, one of the funny stories is my brother and his best friend, um, the best friend, his sister and I were older and we were friends also. And so when my baby brother and her baby brother would get into trouble, they would call us out of class <laughs> to come tell us, you know, what's going on. Instead of calling the moms, they called us. Um, and, that, you know, that's, that's kind of crazy that we were responsible for these two, these two boys, babies. They weren't babies, but, you know, it wasn't our responsibility to do that. And we still did. So, um, and there are different reasons for that. It could, I don't know what their situation was, but I know the situation with me is that my mom was not available. Um, 
and sometimes she wasn't even available when she was home. So, you know, that's another episode. Laundry. My brothers and I have been doing laundry um, since we were very, very young. And it would start out with my older brother doing the laundry. Then it would be he and I doing the laundry. <laughs> um, and then it would be the three of us doing laundry, but my brothers would go out, hang out while I did the laundry, and then they'd come back in time to, you know, take it home. And if you go back and you listen to the episode where I interviewed my brothers, uh, my baby brother, his wife said that um, he, he has an issue with laundry. She said that's one of the things that they go back and forth about. And as soon as she said laundry, I started crying and my older brother was just silent. And, you know, you don't think that something as simple as laundry would trigger anyone. But it triggered us. I mean, we were all three silent <laughs> during the episode as soon as she said laundry because we were just always doing, you know, the laundry. Um, I'm not going to say that my mother never did it, but I don't remember how much she did it. I just know. And we're talking, we lived on the fourth floor. So that means that we had to bring the clothes, you know, put the clothes in the shopping cart. That's clothes for four people and bring it down four flights of stairs, go to the laundry and wash it, then come home and bring it back up four flights of stairs. And then I had to put it away. Um, dinner, you know, uh, the running joke about Gen, Gen X, I think we are, is that we always had to take the meat out. <laughs> you know, our parents would leave a note and say, make sure you take the meat out so we have something to eat for dinner. And um, some people just had to take the meat out. Um, others had to take the meat out and cook it. You know, so, and I, I just want to add in this. The cooking part, yes, I have an attitude <laughs> because I did it so young but I love cooking. And so that's just, you know, a little nugget to, to say that, yes, that was a bad situation, but my love of cooking came out of that situation. And I still love to cook to this day. Um, homework. You know, I had to do my homework. I had to make sure that he did his homework. And sometimes as he got older, he didn't do his homework. <laughs> and, um, Sometimes I would get yelled at because both of us would get yelled at because he didn't do his homework and I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> but I was made, you know, he made sure, they made sure that I did it. Um, I'm going to tell you some signs that you can see of somebody um, that is dealing with parentification. Um, responsible for your siblings and your parents. That's what I said. Um lack the feeling of play um, and that is so true for me um, let's see you f you didn't think that the family would survive without you and and isn't that something to think about at maybe nine years old you know that's not something that you think about you you anxiety and depression started young <laughs> and you guys know if you listen to me you know that I probably started getting depression from the womb <laughs> until now. But, you know, those are things that can really trigger you and, and lay on you. 
You know, you're, you're, you're the caregiver for people and caregiving for adults. You're caregiving for people that are supposed to be caregiving for you. And, um, you know, that makes it really, really difficult to um, function. Another type of parentification, there are two types of parentification. And one of them is emotional and one of them is instrumental or logistical and so I'm going to give you the definition of both instrumental or logistical means that you are meeting the needs of your siblings or your parents by doing you know daily feeding them getting them dressed or bathing them being in charge of cleaning cooking or grocery shopping budgeting the the family finances that's what instrumental is or logistical when you get to the emotional part is sometimes and we know that this happens a lot the parent is talking to you about adult problems you know sitting there with a 10 year old or 11 year old and they're discussing their relationship issues their friendship issues just stuff that a child shouldn't be talking about Um, you're comforting the parent (laughs) you know when when things go on Um, You're the mediator between your parents and other family members. Yes. Listen, my mother was the queen of making us mediate. You know, well, tell that person this and tell that person that. And you know what? She still does it to this day. Well, um, call and tell so-and-so. Well, why can't you call and tell so-and-so? And so, so, you know, that's another way that (laughs) that some things that we grew up with um, trigger us. Um, you're the one that makes your siblings feel loved. Um, yeah. You know, I I love my brothers. I, I mean, like, love my brothers to death. And I would not change that love or the way we bonded. I wouldn't change that for anything. Um, and I'm not saying that I wouldn't love them if these experiences didn't arise, but this experience forced us to be closer. You know, it was like we were on an island and we only had each other, (laughs) you know. Um, There are just no boundaries, you know, when when you're getting into an emotional tie to your parents. They don't see you as a child. They really do see you as someone on their level. And, you know, it gets to be a lot for a child to handle. Um, There's another form of parentification, if you want to call it a form of parentification, is called adultification. Um, That's another term that I had never heard of until I started researching something for myself. Um, Adultification is more race-specific. So the term is used to define how black children are viewed as older than they are. So adultification is more geared towards us as blacks and brown people. Uh, Racism has forced black children into social, emotional, and physical adult roles before they are adults contributing. That contributes to adultification. So it's like I said, you know, maybe there wasn't money for aftercare at school. 
maybe there wasn't money for babysitters when your parents had to go out or they, they had to go to work, you know, and they had to work. You know, there was no way to take care of your family if they weren't working. And so as a result of that, we, we struggled with the roles that we had to take on. Um, an example, an eight-year-old is expected to care for their siblings, cooking, making sure they go to school, doing their laundry or bathing them daily. And those are, those are the things that I just mentioned that I do. You know, those are the things that, um, those are my roles, you know, and it's National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, and it also is Suicide Prevention Week. And so I had originally decided to hold this subject off until, you know, a couple of weeks. I, I wasn't planning on um, doing this episode. But when I, I thought about how parentification and adultification made me want to take my life on many occasions from the time that I was eight years old. And <clears throat> I had a discussion with someone the other day and they didn't understand that the suicide rate is extremely high for young people. And it starts at nine and 10 years old. You know, we see now in the, in the news that there are 10 year olds that are taking their life. Um, and so I wanted to share with you, excuse me for pauses because there's a lot that's triggering me um, even while I was researching this. And sometimes I have to take a pause because I'm trying not to cry, guys. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to be an adult. <laughs> so, um, but I wanted to share this piece of me that related to the subject because I think that when... Um, me being a live guinea pig, <laughs> me being a, a live subject, sharing my experience, that helps to solidify the meaning of parentification and adultification. And so, um, you know, I have wanted to die on many occasions since I was eight years old. And there were times that I just wanted to leave. And I always tell people that suicide is not just taking their life. It's a, it's a form. They're trying to get some peace. And so, you know, when I started having suicidal thoughts, it was, you know, well, who, let's see who she's going to get to do all her stuff if I'm not here. You know, um, it, nobody will miss me. The only thing that they would miss is that I'm doing every fucking thing. Um, and those were my thoughts. You know, I hate living like this. I, I hate having to do like there are times when those roles um, embarrassed me, you know, um, hindered me. I couldn't I couldn't go out with my friends. I couldn't, you know, do things because I had to, to take care of the house um, and I wanted to die. I wanted to be gone from that situation. I wanted to find a happier situation, a situation where I didn't have to be the adult. 
And that was that to me at that age, that was the way to do it. Um, and it didn't stop as I got older. Um, it probably increased because my role started to increase. It started to um, get more serious because I'm getting older, but my social, my, you know, my social life is still non-existent because I had to be home or taking care of my baby brother. Um, there were times when my mom didn't even allow me to go places because um, I had to stay home and do certain chores or things. Um, and I missed out on a lot, you know, because of that. And it didn't stop, guys. Um, and here I am, um, half my life, and it's still triggering, and it's still traumatic to me to talk about. Um, there are negative effects, as you can see, on these, um, with these experiences, and it does show up in your adult life. You know, it, you can live, you know, people always say, oh, well, you know, work through it or get over it. But there are certain things that it's so hard to get over. But people manage, you know, to live um, great lives while, you know, stuffing their trauma or um, not identifying their trauma. Some people just, you know, push through. I'm not that person, <laughs> you know, um, it, it's definitely had a negative effect on my growth, um, my relationships, and that's, you know, in, intimate relationships, friendships, um, it definitely affects how you parent your children, you know, um, you don't have a childhood, you know, you lost your childhood. And so there are some people that will become adults and that's what they do. They're going to do everything that they can to have fun. Um, almost childlike personalities. Um, you have to be, you want to be the caregiver. You, you, you are groomed to be a fucking caregiver. Um, and so that carries on throughout. People can take advantage of that, which people did take advantage of it <laughs> with me. You know, um, I was always, you know what it is? It's you're always um, trying to get approval from people. And so you figure, well, if I do this for them, they'll love me. If I do that for them, they like me. And that comes, you know, when you're doing all these chores at 8, 9, 10, you're trying your fucking best to make sure that your parents don't get angry. So you better have your homework done when they fucking get home because if you didn't, then you could get a beaten. Um, you get yelled at. So that turns into you trying to do everything the right way so you won't get on the wrong side of your parents. Um, stuffing your emotions, social is isolation, um, lack of self-worth, um, feeling like you're a burden to people. Um, anxiety it's it's a it's a lot it's a lot um to have to deal with as a child and sometimes as we get older we still carry that with us um, because think about it <clears throat> i'm sorry think about it 
if your parents are gone from away from you for these years, let's talk about how sexual abuse can occur because you're alone, you know, and people know that your parents are not there and they can take advantage of that. Um, you can become promiscuous because that's how you cope with it. You're looking for somebody to love you. You're looking for somebody to appreciate you. Um, and those are things that, no, you just don't get over it. You don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it does affect how you move forward in your life. And like I said, there are some people that can use it for good. Some people that can use it for bad. Um, you know, some people that... They just stuff it. And, you know, one day the dam is going to break. I always say if you the more you stuff things that when the dam breaks, the dam breaks and you don't know when it's going to break. Um, but I have a lot of pain, um, a lot of hurt because there were so many things that I didn't do when I was younger. I didn't have a childhood um, and I am the opposite of the person, the adult trying to fulfill their childhood. Um, I don't know how to be fun. You know, I don't know. I don't remember the last time that I had like a, a gut jumping laugh, you know, or did something that just wowed me. Um, you miss out on a lot. Um, I messed up in high school because I was in high school and I had more friends and I had more freedom. Um, and so I, I, I just took advantage of it. You know, it was like, okay, well, I'm away from her. I'm not, you know, my brother, my baby brother's not here in high school. So I'm free from that. Um, and so, you know, trying to fulfill some childhood things, um, forced me to mess up in school um, and we're talking straight A student all my life um, and I just didn't care I didn't care about anything but being able to hang out and have a good time and not worry and I the flip side is is that yes I caught a lot of shit I caught a lot of flack um, she was always angry at me um, if I came home late or, you know, if I went out with my friends or, you know, when it started, when it started to become, um, more frequent, uh, hanging out with my friends, that would make her angry. Um, but I didn't think about that. I was just thinking about trying to hang out and trying to get, um, get some excitement going in my life, you know, not, not having to worry about, you know, cook. I, well, I had to cook dinner, but um, not worrying about my, watching my brother all day. Um, not worrying about being, you know, seen by whoever because I wasn't in that neighborhood anymore. So they didn't know. Um, they couldn't report back, <laughs> you know. Um, but. It's, it's big, you know, it's a big 
it's a big issue. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that now that I've shared with you what these two terms mean and how it shapes your life and how um, it influences your, your parenting, your relationships, it really, really, I mean, when I read it, it really, really, it made sense. Like it landed, <laughs> you know, like, you know how you find it, the, 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 the last puzzle piece, <laughs> you, how you, you know, get it right. It, it was, it made so much sense, you know, and now you know that when somebody says, oh, they're an old soul or, you know, they think they're grown, um, when they were in reference to us, we were fucking grown, <laughs> you know, um, I used to pay bills on the way home from school, and that's fifth or fifth grade. I would the um, the electric company and the phone company were on my way home, and so I would pay the bills. And if a payment arrangement had to be made, I did it at ten. So if somebody said she's grown, yes, the fuck I am grown because they forced me to be grown. You know. Um, they forced me to be grown. I had the opportunity to audition for a performing arts high school. And the audition was on a Saturday. Um, and I was so excited for the audition. And the day came and I got up and started getting dressed and my mother wouldn't, my mother wouldn't wake up. And then when I told her, you know, wake up, the, the audition is at a certain time and she's like I'm not going you know I had to work all week um, and I didn't go I didn't go to that audition and all I wanted was one of my parents to come with me to the audition and at least be proud um, and that stayed with me um, 40 years later I still remember that day um, and how it, how it shaped me, um, because if you don't have the support, you start to doubt yourself, you don't take chances, um, you were never encouraged to be all that you can be, to be what you want it to be, you know, um, parenting wise. You know, I used to get angry with my children when they were um, the same age, 10 to 15. I used to get angry with them sometimes because they didn't know how to do certain things. Um, my, my oldest daughter um, when, was in a program and they learned how to write checks. They had to learn how to write checks. Um, and so when she came, when I picked her up, she, you know, to ask what she was doing, and she was like, oh, we learned how to write checks today. And that, that blew my mind, you know, blew my mind because what, what the hell? Why are you 11 years old and you didn't know how to write a fucking check, <laughs> you know? But that's the way I was grow, grew up, so. I figured that they should know how to do it. And the flip side of it is, is that if you grew up doing these things, you're going to 
do whatever you fucking can to make sure that your kids don't have the same experience. And in some cases, that's that's their downfall because we're not teaching them to we're not teaching them how to be brave. We're not teaching them how to be resilient. We're not teaching them to think on their feet because we are going to do everything for them and then some so they don't have to go do the same thing that we we did. And so um, sometimes that leads to a down, your, the downfall with your children. Um, but I hope, I hope, hope, hope that listening today and um, listening to my story and knowing these terms and knowing what those experiences would contribute to your adulthood just being able to put a name on how you were feeling and what you were doing and to know that you're not by yourself um, there's a whole generation <laughs> of children um, that are now adults that are struggling because of parentification and adultification. Um, I, I That's probably all I can talk about because I'll start crying again. <laughs> um, because this is really, really touches me. Like this is something that um, I'm in therapy for. One of the reasons I'm in therapy for. Um, these parentification, adultification contributed to my anxiety, my depression, um, and this um, dark fucking life <laughs> that I, I live with because um, when I said that there are things that can happen when your parents aren't around, things did happen because my parents weren't around. Um, and they make me who I am right now. And that is not the best person in the world. Um, and I hope to one day release those things. But as of now, they still sit with me and on me. They, the, the elephant still sits on me. The monster takes advantage of me. Um, so thank you so much. Um, as always, I really, really hope that this helps someone. Um, I'm sorry if I pause <laughs> more than once um, because it's kind of tough to talk about. But like I always said, I know that I'm not, I had to know that I'm not alone. And I want you to know that you are not alone. And I'm going to, you know, of course, put the transcript or, you know, the blog up so that you can read um, for yourself and I want you to let me know, you know, I want you to, if you have to DM me on Instagram, Facebook, um, email me, go to my website and leave a message. I want to know how, now that you know these terms, how and if they affected you. And maybe that can be another, another episode, you know, maybe if I have enough feedback and I have some people that have experienced this and they want to talk about it. Maybe we can do a little round table. But please let me let me know. 
I know, listen, I know that you guys are out there <laughs> and I know that a lot of you have experienced the same thing. Um, so yeah, let me know. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting. Um, I am so grateful for the feedback that I get um, and the love and support that I get for doing this. Um, I love to help people. Uh, that's the caregiver thing, y'all. <laughs> so um, I want people, I don't want anybody to live like I live. And that's why I do this, um, number one. And number two is that it's, it's therapeutic for me because it makes me get outside of my head for a little while. Um, so thank you so much for everything. Um, and keep rolling with me, y'all. <laughs> I'm trying my best not to stop. I'm going to keep going. And uh, let me know. I'm dead ass serious when I tell you to fucking reach out to me and let me know what you would like me to talk about. Because um, you know I'm going to research the hell out of it. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about it. So let me know. Um, if you're not already subscribed to my website, then please go to devoiddepression.com. You'll find resources on my website. You will find blog posts on my website. You will find the, the podcast episodes. You'll also see some episodes where I was a guest on other podcasts. So go on over to my website and, you know, look around. Leave me a note. Subscribe, please. Um, I, I would love to hear from you. And I would appreciate the feedback. Um, Thank you to Illumination Media and Technology. Um, they are wonderful. He is wonderful. <laughs> he is amazing with all of my tech things. And even when I turn my episode in late, he still gets it out. So thank you so much. I want you guys to stay well. Um, I talked earlier about the numbers for COVID going up again. So please stay well. Um, please stay safe. And please, please, please find a moment of peace, even if it's for a minute. I wish you peace. You're a superhero. We're all superheroes um, because we're alive. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. That's what they tell me, <laughs> you know, but you're a superhero. You belong here. Um, I'm happy you're here. We're going to need you to be here tomorrow. So find that peace and stay strong and stay well. Take care, guys. Bye.